Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. It is such an honor to be here with each and every one of you. I, um, I feel like it's really family here. I, I know many of you. And um, is Bobby Brown here? He, he just had a baby. Wow. Well, he's, he's got a good reason not to be here. Uh, but Bobby Brown was my first intern. And um, I, just, I just love Bobby. And um, I just love, love what he's going after. And um, there's many of you here that um, uh, there's some folks have traveled with me before, uh, uh, been to South Africa uh, with me, yes. And, uh, and I've got some other friends here as well. Just uh, want to say thank you for, for having me here, Jesse. It's just an honor to be here. And um, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to touch down today in a profound and powerful way. Um, he's, he's, he's everything. He points us to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is here to point us to Jesus. And I want to pray and then we're going to just jump into it. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for being here. Um, we don't have to convince you to come. You're already here. And uh, we just love you so much, and thank you for your presence. Uh, May we fall in love with you, Jesus, all over again today. Holy Spirit, have your way. As a sign of surrender to the Holy Spirit in your life, of giving him first place, pointing you to Jesus, and radical obedience to the Spirit of God, Let's hold our hands out to him just as a sign that we give up our control. That we just give up our control. And in your own words, I'm going to pray a simple prayer, but in your own words, just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I give up control. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I felt the spirit of revival here. I feel the spirit of revival across Southern California that you're stirring the hearts. You're awakening the hearts. Holy Spirit, we say that this morning we give up our control. Have your way in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, come. If you need a miracle in your body, just quickly stand to your feet. As you're standing, what I'd like for you to do is put your faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ the Son of God who paid for every area in your life. Let's acknowledge him that he's our Savior, our healer, and our deliverer. You don't have to work for your miracle. He already paid for it. So thank you that your presence is here, Lord. Thank you for your healing power. 
if you had pain in your body, and as you stood to your feet, you felt pain leave your body, can you raise your hand right now? You had pain and it's gone. Just go ahead and raise your hand right now. If you have pain and it's gone, try to do something you couldn't do before. But if you felt the presence of God come upon your body and all the pain is gone, can you raise your hand right now? This woman right here. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did here. Thank you, Lord. Who else? You have pain in your body and it's gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What I'd like for us to do really quickly, I've got a message that's burning in my heart, but I, I felt that we need to pray for each other. For those that are around the individuals that are standing up, what I'd like for us to do is ask them where their pain is at. Ask them where their pain is at. If you can go to that individual just quickly, ask them, where's your pain at? And then what I want you to do in just a moment is I want you to lay your hands on them and command all the pain to leave. If you're standing up right now and uh, you have pain in your body, just raise your hand and someone's going to come to you. Ask them where their pain is at. I want you to take authority over all the pain. If you see someone that has their hands up, go ahead and to go to them really quickly. And command all the pain to leave their body. There's a gentleman up here. If you're not praying for someone, go ahead and look around for individuals that, that need healing in their body. I want you to take authority over all the pain, all the sickness, and all the disease that is affecting their body. You don't have to pray a long prayer. It just has to be a, a prayer from the heart through the authority of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority over every sickness, every disease in this place, and we command it to bow to the name of Jesus. Thank you for your healing presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Okay, go ahead and stop praying. You're doing a really good job. If you were just healed and all the pain just left your body, just quickly raise your hand right now. If all the pain just left your body, just raise your hand right now. Just keep your hands up. If, if all the pain just left your body, just keep your hands up right now. Thank you, God. What, tell us what Jesus did for you really quickly. Um, my lower back, I couldn't bend sideways or forward or back. I was very stiff, and I can completely move around like a... Like just Praise God. There's someone else, uh, all the pain just left their body. Just go ahead and quickly raise your hand. This gentleman in the, uh, someone's pointing in the back. This gentleman in the, uh, uh, this lady in the back. What did Jesus, just shout it out. What did Jesus do for you? Arthritis in your hands? It's all gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I want to, I want to, Share the word. Uh, there is uh, many people that are going to be getting healed all throughout uh, this morning. Um, the presence of God is here. I, I feel a spirit of revival here. I, I feel a spirit of revival here that the Lord wants to revive hearts. My wife and I, we were in um, 
Redding, California for um, many years. I was there for uh, 18 years. I met my beautiful wife, Stephanie, um, at a backpack giveaway. I shook her hand. She blushed, and I blushed as well, and the, 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 the rest is history. So we met over a backpack giveaway. Uh, we were giving away backpacks to kids that are less fortunate in the community of Redding, California. And um, I was on staff at Bethel Church for um, 15 years, and just a, just a real dream job. And my wife uh, had a desire to move to um, the Northwest, and, and that's where she's originally from, was from the Northwest. And, and she was actually here in Southern California for around nine years, but, but moved to the Northwest, and she wanted to be closer to family. And she began to talk to me about her heart moving to uh, Washington, the state of Washington, Vancouver, Washington. And I did not have a desire to, to move to Vancouver, Washington whatsoever. It rains a lot there. I told my father-in-law that I would never move to Washington. And um, be careful what you tell people you'll never do. And so uh, my wife began to share her desire with me to move to the Northwest. I, I did not want to move to the Northwest. And, and she would uh, keep sharing her heart to be in the Northwest And as we raise our, our family. We have a beautiful little girl that I'll show you a picture in just a moment. Um, and everything inside of me said no. But I heard the voice of God in her voice. And it caused me to, to do something that was very uncomfortable for me. And it's the word surrender. It was laying down my ego that I did not know that I had. And it was laying down a, a dream job that I had. And I remember going home one day and Stephanie was processing. And, and I remember going into our room and getting on my knees and saying, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. And I had fear that I did not know that I had. Who's ever dealt with fear before? I, I really believe the Lord is going to release courage today. I really believe it. And I knelt down on my uh, knees and I, I just lifted my hands to the Lord and I said, God, I don't understand. I give up my control. I give up my ability to know everything. And I said, Lord, I give up my control. I trust you. And in that moment, I, I said, Lord, I trust you with everything about my future, about my ministry, everything. And I said this to the Lord. I said, God, I, I feel your heart and I, I feel your voice in my wife's voice. And I don't understand but I will take care of my family, and even if I have to work a nine-to-five job, I'll do it. And I trust you, God. And for six months, I, I did not know that we would have a ministry called Compassion to Action. I did not know that Compassion to Action was going to be birth. God was stirring something in my heart, but I, I did not know what was going to take place. I said to God, I said, God, I'll work a nine-to-five job if you want me to do that. So I'll take care of my family. And while I was in Stockholm, Sweden in 2016, I was getting ready to speak um, to many individuals there to be able to train, equip them, and send them out to the community of Stockholm, Sweden with a good friend of mine named Ben Fitzgerald at Awakening Europe. 
And as I'm getting ready to speak there, I see a strong vision. And the vision was this, stadium seating events all across America. And it wasn't just my ministry. It wasn't just my ministry. But it was stadium seating events all across America. And the Spirit of God pouring out on America. And Reinhard Bonnke, many years ago, the Lord began to put this fire in his heart for America. And he began to say this, America shall be saved. America shall be saved. America shall be saved. And being around Reinhardt influenced my life. And in 2016, that began to be a, a, a phrase that I began to repeat, that America shall be saved. And the first place I saw God moving in was in the Portland, Oregon area. And in 2018, we did a, a stadium seating event there where we were able to uh, mobilize thousands of people on the street to Portland to openly preach the raw power of Jesus Christ. And um, I had no idea that Compassion Action would be taking place. And the, the reason why I share a little bit of the backstory is God is attracted to surrender. He's attracted to surrender. And this morning, um, as I share a simple message about the gospel, um, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to descend on people. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to stir people up this morning with the passion for the gospel, a passion for his presence, and a passion for the power of God to be displayed through their life. Um, we have a lot of videos on our um, YouTube channel, and uh, we have a, a website called CompassionAction.com. Check it out. A lot of resources uh, free and available uh, for you. Uh, one of the resources that we will be uh, given to individuals that, that wanna, um, want this is it's a discipleship package uh, for, for anyone that gets saved. You can, you can study this, and you can, you can give it away to other individuals as well. You can, um, if, if you want to fill one of these out, the very end today, uh, we'll get you, this is just a connect card, we'll get you one of those disciple packets, and we'd love for you to be able to have that. Uh, I want to honor Hamilton. Hamilton is a friend of mine, and he is uh, from this area, is from South Africa, and I love this man because I, I love the two of these uh, hearts for discipleship, and I, and I honor the two of you today. I honor you. I want to show a video about baptism. And um, before I show this uh, video about baptism, I, I would like to be able to read uh, Matthew 28 to you. Matthew 28. If you have your Bible, please turn there. Matthew 28. And I'm looking for the time right now. Um, where is the time? So I'll stay on track. Okay, 11-17. Great. Awesome. All right. There is a, uh, a, an amazing passage here found in the Bible. It's the Great Commission of... Uh, it, the Great Commission was never meant to be the Great Suggestion. And uh, it is the, it's the Great Commission. And I want to read a little bit about the Great Commission right now, and then we're going to dive in. I'm going to show you um, a video in just a moment about baptism. Um, but before I, I talk about the Great Commission, I want to see the hands of individuals 
that have recently given their life to the Lord within the last few years. Can I, can I see your hands right now? The last few years. Just keep your hands up. Come on. Let's just celebrate these guys. Let's celebrate these guys. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like to be able to see the hands of individuals that you've had a desire to be baptized in water, but you have not been baptized in water yet. Can I see your hands? You have a desire to be baptized in water, but you have not been baptized in water yet. Can I, can I see your hands? Okay. Everyone been baptized in water here? Okay, let me ask you this question. Who has a desire? You have a burning desire in your heart to be able to baptize other people in water. Let me see your hands. You, you, you've never baptized someone in water and you want to. Let me see your hands. You've never baptized someone in water and you want to. Keep your hands up. This is great. Okay. You've never done that before, but you want to. Okay. I, I feel like there's a little bit more than that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you want to baptize someone in water, but you've never done it before. Let me see your hands. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Come on. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. This message, what I'm going to share here right now, is for you and everyone else. Um, there is going to be a courage that's going to be released today uh, for the gospel. Okay. Um, Matthew 28, uh, verse 16, it says this. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain, which Jesus appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Isn't it very interesting that a lot of times in, in some worship services that we can have people worshiping while some others are still doubting. And doubt, is, and doubt and unbelief is one of the sins that have been celebrated in the church. But I believe that doubt and unbelief is going to be eradicated in the body of Christ. Jesus says, only believe. All things are possible for those who believe. And the Lord is raising up an army in California of believing believers. Believing believers that will believe every word that is in the Bible. And Jesus went on and said this to his disciples. He said, and Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. I believe that in the Great Commission here, that this is for the believers, not just the evangelists, not just the pastors, not just for the teachers, not just for the apostles, not just for the pastors, but this is for every individual that will call themselves a believer. I believe that the Lord is stirring a hunger in the body of Christ to be able to say, I want to do everything that Jesus is saying that I can do. As I share this simple message today about the gospel, I want our hearts to come alive with faith in the gospel because the gospel is centered around a person and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. Can I show that video and then we're going to go back to this, please? If it's not working, just let me know.
How about we do this just for time-wise? I'm just going to share my heart. That's, that's not the video. ...of God Church. He was scheduled... Yes, yeah, the wrong video. Um, it's okay. Um, there, there are some blessings that come on your... Yep, that's it right there. There are five spiritual blessings that come on people's lives when they are baptized in water. And it is the blessing of obedience. There is peace in your heart when you choose to obey God. Hey, are you tired of the media? The blessing speaking? of placing your life under the authority of Jesus Christ and his lordship. The blessing of understanding the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The blessing of a clean conscience and a pure heart. And the blessing of having your past identity that was found in sin removed in place with a new life in Christ Jesus. If we could put that gospel slide back up again. There's blessings that come on people's lives when they are baptized in water. And the gospel is so simple. I want to just kind of spell it out for you really quickly. If you want to take this picture, you're more than welcome to do that. The gospel is this. God loves us and created us to be with him. It is our sins that have separated us from God. We want to control. Sins that have been committed cannot be removed by our good deeds or our good works or our money paid. Jesus paid for our sins over 2,000 years ago. On a bloody cross. And he looked into the future, into this present moment, into this present hour. And he saw you. He saw me. He says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ and repents of their sins shall have life in Jesus Christ. And life starts the moment we say yes to Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you a little bit about my little girl named Brielle. Brielle is four years old. And she has an understanding of the gospel. She has an understanding of the kingdom of God at four years old. Um, Brielle and I um, often go to the store together. And recently, last week, uh, we were in the store. And Brielle, at four years old, she went over to some young children. And she said, may I pray for you? She's four years old. Uh, And she says, may I pray for you? And she sees uh, mom and dad uh, demonstrating the kingdom of God. And she gets hungry to be a part of that. And, um, And she goes over and she says, may I pray for you? Some of the children didn't understand what was taking place. And and so she just, in her own four-year-old way, she just said, bless you. And then she walked to me. She walked over to me and she says, dad, I encourage them. I encourage them. And she's holding my hand. She's four years old. She's holding my hand and says, I just feel courage. I just feel courage. I just feel courage. She's four years old. I just feel courage. And it's some, you know, God's doing something about childlike faith. I'm going to explain this story in just a moment here with this gentleman. 
Um, it was on Christmas, and um, it was Christmas night, and, you know, Braille had, uh, she got presents, she got, you know, stuff, and, um, and I asked her a question, I said, Braille, what is Christmas really all about? She says, it's about Jesus, Dad. And then she went on, and she began to talk about Judas. And she says, you know, Dad, Judas loved Jesus but he loved coins more. He loved coins more. He says, it's, she says, it's not as, it, it's not as that, that Judas didn't love Jesus. It's just that he loved coins more. He loved coins more. And then she begins, she comes, she comes over to me and she hugs me and she says, but we love Jesus, don't we, Daddy? We love Jesus. And our love for Christ is represented in our life, in our lifestyle, on how we live, how we live. This gentleman right here was in that same store and um, Brielle saw this gentleman shopping and, and she said, Dad, why don't you pray for him? Pray for him, Dad. And so I'm trying to teach Brielle that, that Dad's not the only one that's going to be doing the praying. So I turned to this gentleman, and, and I said, excuse me, sir, my daughter likes to pray for people. Do you mind if she prays for you right now? And he says, well, sure, I, I never turn down prayer. So Brielle uh, puts her hand on him and begins to pray just a childlike prayer, just a childlike prayer from the heart. And, and this gentleman, come to find out, he lives an hour away from us, and he is a pastor. He is a pastor. And, um, and God used a four-year-old to stir up something in a pastor's heart of childlike faith and stepping out and sharing the kingdom of God from a four-year-old. I'm going to share some stories, and then we're going to pray. Is that all right? Um, I just wrote a book called Faith That Sees, and I don't have time to get into it, but um, that just came out. And um, I, this year I wrote six books, or last year I wrote um, a five and a half, the six books. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up my sixth book, and uh, many of them are going to start to come in print. And I share that because many people are going to get healed of dyslexia. I had dyslexia, and the Lord healed me. And um, many people are going to get healed, and there's creativity that's here today. There's creativity that's flowing today. Um, can you show a picture of that gentleman that has a tattoo on his face? This name is, this man's name is Alex. And I, um, in Redding, California, I, I would go around neighborhoods and I would just knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. And uh, Alex was just released from prison. And um, I met Alex and he was um, uh, a notorious gang member uh, from the Mexican Mafia that just got released, and he was paroled in Redding, California. I knocked on the, uh, the, his door, and I began to introduce myself and share Jesus with him. And he was really standoffish, uh, but 
love overcomes fear. How, how many people realize, though, that you can feel fear? Like when I first met Alex, I felt fear. But love overcomes fear. And I begin to share the gospel with Alex, and weeks go by, and Alex gives his life to Jesus Christ. Gives his life to Jesus Christ. And um, that, that rock right there was a, a stone that was given to him on his baptism day. That God is a sign. God takes away our stony heart and gives us a heart of flesh. Um, my daughter, as I shared with you, uh, she loves stepping out and praying for people. And um, uh, this summer, uh, last summer, 2019, uh, she said, Dad, let's go around our neighborhood and pray for people. And it was a Saturday, and I honestly did not feel like praying for people. I was so tired. Moms, dads, listen to what your kids say, because sometimes God is speaking directly to them to help you. So I was tired that day, and uh, Braille said, Dad, I want to go around the neighborhood. I want to shake people's hands. I want to give them a hug. I want to tell them I got pink lips, pink lips, and I want to tell them that Jesus loves them. So we started going around my neighborhood, and we were knocking on doors. And, and Brielle would pray for neighbors of ours. And, and some of our neighbors would say, she's how old? I said, she's four. And she says, she does, she's doing this? I was like, yeah, this was her idea. This was her idea. And so we go on a little bit further, and, and, uh, and one of my neighbors had pain in their leg, and, and Brielle prayed for the neighbor, and I said, how does it feel now? And the neighbor said, it's all the pain, is, it's, it's leaving me. I said, are you just saying that because she's four years old? And she says, no, all the pain is leaving me. The gospel is a gospel of power, miracle, signs, and wonders. I was going through a hotel lobby, and as I was going through a hotel lobby, I see these two young individuals, and I walked by them, and I said, excuse me, by any chance has anyone ever told you what it means to be born again? They're 16-year-olds, and, and they said, no. I said, do you mind if I tell you what it means to be born again? And they said, if you want. I said, yeah, I'd really like to. And, uh, and so I begin to share with them what it means to be born again according to John chapter 3. And I begin to talk about a, a religious man named Nicodemus. Who's heard this story and read the story about Nicodemus? And, and Nicodemus, was a, he was a, a religious individual. And so I begin to share the story with them that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and asked questions about the miracles that Jesus was doing. And Jesus' response was this, Most assuredly, I say to you, you must be born again. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Don't be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And I'm explaining to them what it means to be born again. That we've come from our mom, there's a natural birth, but there's also a spiritual birth. And then I begin to explain John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then I begin to explain Romans 10, 9, that if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
Then I shared a verse with them in John 1.12. As many as received him, he gave them a right to become a child of God. I said, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? And they said, yes. I said, is there anything that's holding you back right now from repenting of your sins and following Jesus? They said, no. I said, you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the son of God? They said, yes. I said, then I want to pray with you right now to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and to begin to follow him. So in the hotel lobby, the two individuals got radically born again right there in the hotel lobby. I said, I want to pray for you now that the Holy Spirit would fill you with his presence and his power. I want to lay my hands upon you and just begin to pray for you. As I began to lay my hands on them to begin to pray for them, the young girl, which was around 16 years old, begins to scream. She begins to scream. Her boyfriend looks at me and says, what are you doing? Stop it. I said, I'm not doing anything. I said, the Holy Spirit is touching her heart right now and delivering her. And so she's going through a deliverance in the hotel lobby. These are things that you don't, you know, you don't, you don't learn in seminary. These are things that you don't learn a lot of times. It's just like as you go, you learn as you go. Well, no one ever told me, what do you do in a hotel lobby when someone falls to the ground and they begin to manifest a demonic spirit? But the Holy Spirit, our greatest teacher, teaches us. So I tell her boyfriend, I said, everything's going to be just fine. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. She needs deliverance through unforgiveness. I whisper into her ear. I said, the Holy Spirit's going to show you something right now. And you're going to be fine. She's on the ground. She, you know, she says she's having a, a deliverance. I said, you're going to be just fine. And I asked this question. By the unction of the Holy Spirit, who do you need to forgive? I said, Holy Spirit, show her right now. Who does she need to forgive? And she begins to yell this name out of someone that sexually abused her years ago that she was holding on to. And the Spirit of God came upon her and she began to forgive. I led her into prayer like this. Jesus, I forgive. Name the person's name for everything they did to me, everything they haven't done to me. And I break the chains of unforgiveness and torment right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I shut the door of unforgiveness. Holy Spirit, come right now fill my heart and then bam a Holy Spirit came upon her she was baptized in the Holy Spirit God came all over her and she gets up and she's laughing hysterically as the presence of God changed her life I'm at a hotel pool and as I'm swimming the Spirit of the Lord speaks to my heart and he says speak to this young man right now tell him about me and I, and I said, Lord, right now? He says, talk to him right now. And so I, I have my swimming goggles on, and, and, I, and I, I stand up really quickly in the pool, and I look at this man, and I start talking to him as, uh, as I have my goggles on. And uh, I, I wasn't seeing too clearly, so I, I take the goggles off, and, and I begin to explain to him what it means to be born again. The young man gets born again right there in the hotel pool. I said, well, there's water here right now. What hinders you from being baptized? 
What hinders you from being baptized? So I explained to him what baptism means. He's around 16 years old. You know what he says to me? He says, I love Jesus with all my heart. He just got saved, guys. This is the radical spirit that the Lord is releasing across California, across SoCal. It's a radical spirit. And this is what he said. I love Jesus with all my heart. I'm willing to die for Christ. He's 16 years old. I could not convince him to say that at 16 years old and him just getting saved. The Holy Spirit ignited something inside of his heart in his life. In Vancouver, Washington, I, I, I wanted to reach areas that were less fortunate. And I didn't know where to go because I'm new to the area. And so I, I Googled top 10 worst places in the area. And I said, I'll take the first one. So I walk around uh, the neighborhood and I knock on 30 doors. 30 doors. And my announcement to each and every one of them is that Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them, has a plan for their life. And I'm aware that the kingdom of God is with me, but I feel nervous at the same time. Who's ever experienced that before? You're aware, but you're nervous at the same time. So I knock on um, some doors, and, and a gentleman comes to the door. His name is Mike. And I begin to share the gospel with Mike on how Jesus loves, how Jesus forgives, that when we come to Christ, when we repent, that Jesus makes all things new. And he says, you mean to tell me that you're walking around this neighborhood just telling people about Jesus? And I says, yes, that's right, Mike, because Jesus loves people. He says, I'm not really interested in, in what you have to say too much, right now, but I'm inspired by your courage. I'm inspired by your courage. And I said, Mike, I'll, I'll be back again next week. I go back, and, and the Lord speaks to me. He says, Chris, your birthday money, I want you to give it all away. I want you to give it all away. Give it all away. Mike needs it more than you do. And it reminds me of the story of the, the rich young ruler. He says, I'll, I'll do anything to follow you. Jesus. And he says, I, I've, I've kept the law since I was a young man. And then he says to the rich young ruler, he says, one thing you lack. Everything that you have, go sell it. Give it away. Come follow me. And he walked away really disappointed because he had a lot of stuff. And then Jesus says, oh, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God for those who trust in their riches. So Jesus says to me, give away your birthday money. I said, Lord, it's yours. Everything that I have is yours. And I, and I go and I knock on Mike's door and I said, Mike, I, I want to I tell you that Jesus loves you. And he told me to give this to you. And he looked at it and he says, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, I know I don't have to, but I want to. Jesus loves you. He says, no one's ever given me anything before. I said, Jesus loves you so much. He has a plan for your life. I said, I got to go, Mike, but I'll be back again. I come back the third week. He said, you know, when you came to my house, that impacted my life. When you gave that to me, it really impacted me. And I said, well, Mike, I'm speaking at this church on Sunday. Why don't you, why don't you come? 
And he says, all right, I'll, I'll pay my good diligence. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll show you some respect by coming and hearing you speak. So I give a call for individuals to commit their life to Jesus, not incorporate Jesus, but be a disciple of Jesus, where there's a big difference. There's a very big difference. Because Jesus says, whoever desires to save his life must lose his life, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will find his life. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? So I give a call of radical discipleship, of following Jesus. Now, I know that on the second week after giving that gift to Mike, I could have convinced him to pray a prayer. But the spirit of repentance was not upon him. I was looking for repentance. And repentance means this. It's something that's birthed by the spirit when the gospel is preached. That if I'm going this way and I'm living for myself. And Jesus tugs on my heart. And he shows me that I'm going the wrong direction because that is the direction that leads to hell. That is the direction that leads to death. When the Spirit of God tugs on my heart, repentance says, oh, wow, I'm going the wrong way. I want to follow you, Jesus. And so I, I give a clear message on what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And Mike comes forward as I give a call, Mike comes forward. He's the only one that responds. He comes forward and he's weeping and crying. Weeping and crying. The spirit of conviction, the spirit of repentance is on him. He's weeping and crying. He surrenders his life to Jesus Christ. And then he says to me right afterwards, he says, I want to be baptized today. He says... He says, I don't want to be talked out of obeying Jesus. I want to obey Jesus today, and I want to be baptized today. I said, well, there's no baptism tank here. He says, I've got to be baptized today. I said, okay, i got a friend that's got a hot tub. Let's take you to my friend's house. <laughs> so we take him to my friend's house. We spend 30 minutes with him explaining to him what baptism means, what it means to be a disciple and be baptized and follow Jesus Christ. Talk to him about the power that is in the blood of Jesus that takes away all sins, not just some sins. And how is he, as he's baptized, he's identifying with Jesus' death and his resurrection. He's baptized. As he's baptized, this is what he says. He says, well, what do I do now? And that's discipleship. But I believe that discipleship starts before even someone saying yes to Jesus. I think it's how we live, how we interact with people. He says, well, what do I do now? He says, I've, I've lived with this woman for 14 years. We're not married. We have three kids. What do I do? And this is what I told him. Every day you're up, you're reading your Bible. You're reading your Bible. Every morning I want you up. I want you reading your Bible. And then what I want you to do is whatever the Lord shows you in the Bible, I want you to obey him. I want you to keep it simple. I want you to obey Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do, you must obey. Don't delay, just obey. 
And so I have him go through Luke, then I have him go through Acts, then he goes through Romans, and he's just going through. And then he comes to me about the, the, the fourth weekend, and he says, Chris, I have not had sex with my girlfriend since I've gotten saved. He says, the Spirit of God won't let me. Because the Holy Spirit is holy. Holy Spirit is holy. He did not incorporate Jesus into his life. He surrendered Jesus. He surrendered to Jesus. And he said to me, he says, Chris, you know, I've been talking to my girlfriend, and we want to get married. We want you to do our wedding. Would you do our wedding? I said, I would love to do the wedding. I would love to do the wedding. So we have a church donated to us. And they get married. Uh, the two become one. And God has radically changed and transformed his life, but also his daughter's life, who is 12 years old. Because the third week in, his daughter comes to him and says, Dad, what's different about you? What's different about you? And he says, I love Jesus with all my heart. She sees him reading his Bible. Every morning, she picks up the Bible. She begins to read Luke. Then she comes to Mike and says, I want to be baptized as well. Mike says, being baptized is a very serious thing. I know you, I know you want to follow in daddy's footsteps, but being baptized is very serious. I want you to know what it really means. Why don't you write me out a report? So she writes out pages of what it means to be baptized. And guess who does the baptism? Mike does. Mike does it. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is releasing courage today. I recently I've been taking a lot of lifts. And and almost every lift I get in, I, I, I talk about this person named Jesus. Almost every lift I get in. And I ask the question, how long have you been driving Lyft? And then I say, Has anyone ever shared Jesus with you before? And he says, No. I said, You mean to tell me I'm the very first person out of all your lips, to be able to share Jesus with you. She says, you are. Or he says, you are. I says, Jesus loves you so very much. Just the other day, I, I, I got to talk about Jesus with uh, one of the Lyft drivers. And their life was so impacted. I believe that God wants to use every single person here to demonstrate the kingdom of God. There's something significant about every one of your lives. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. There's a release of courage that God is releasing. There's courage here. There's boldness that he's releasing here. In your workplace, 
in your family. The kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is going to come out of you to touch people around you. Before I pray for courage, if you feel the Holy Spirit stirring up your heart right now to fully surrender to Jesus, like to fully give him everything, and you know you've been holding on to some stuff, but you want to give it to him for full control. I want to encourage you to do that today. But this is what we're going to do a little bit different because I, I, love, I love altar calls. But I feel like that, that God wants to have a bedroom call. I feel like that God wants to have a bedroom call that he'd call you into your room and you'd go and shut your door and you'd say, Lord, here I am. Have your way in my life. Come, Holy Spirit, come. 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 I believe the Lord wants to encounter some people. And I want to share something really quickly that the Lord, I believe, is going to stir up in people's hearts. In lives. Ephesians chapter 1. The church of Ephesus. You can stay standing. The church of Ephesus was known for revival. They were born out of revival. They were delivered from idol worship. They were liberated from evil spirits. They experienced many miraculous healings, signs and wonders. They had a great bonfire that they burned of occultic witchcraft books. They had a public acts of repentance before a pagan crowd. But 20 some years later, in Revelations chapter 2, the Lord comes to the church of Ephesus. He comes to the church of Ephesus in Revelations chapter 2. And he tells them to do three things. Three things. He says, remember. He says, repent. And he says, do the first works that you used to do. And I believe that the Spirit of God is moving across America right now. He's moving across America that there's a cry of the heart of God throughout America. And it's America shall be saved. It's America shall be saved. It's America shall be saved. And I believe the Lord is stirring up the hearts to remember your first love. To remember the times where you would open up your Bible and you say, Lord, all I want to know is you. That's all that really matters to me is you. I believe he's reminding people about the simplicity of the word of God. Opening up the Bible, studying the Bible, memorizing the word of God, hiding it in your heart that you may not sin against him. I believe he's reminding people of what they used to do when they first got saved. He's reminding them by the Spirit of God because God has a plan for America. There's a plan that God has for America. He has a destiny for America. I ask you this question. What would happen to America right now had there not been a Billy Graham that said yes to Jesus Christ? 
And the list goes on and on and on and on. I believe that God is saying, remember. And then he says this to the church of Ephesus. You have to understand, the church of Ephesus was the leading revival church. But something happened inside of them. They dropped the torch. They dropped the passion. They dropped their first love. And Jesus comes to them 20-some years later, and he says, repent. Repent. Go back to your first love. Repent. And then he says this. The third thing, he says, do the first works that you used to do. You know how you used to love me? You know how you used to serve the poor? You know how you used to go out of your way to help people? You know how you used to give without holding anything in your hands? You remember those times? That's what I want you to do again. There is a passion that the Lord is birthing here in Southern California for the presence of God, the power of God, and the face of Jesus, to know him, to open up the Bible and say, Lord, all I want to do is know you. I want to know you and make you know. I'm going to pray right now, and I believe the Lord wants to stir hearts. There's something that's happening in this church. I feel it right now. I feel a tangible presence of God, a stirring of the first love fire. So, Lord, I I thank you, God, for what you're doing here at the church. Holy Spirit, will you come in a powerful way, Lord? If you need to kneel right now just to say, God, I want to remember, just go ahead and do that really quickly. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, will you come right now, Lord? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would birth a mighty revival in this place, God. Come, Holy Spirit. The first love fire, Lord, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, come, Holy Spirit, come. Burn that fire in hearts and lives. The simple gospel, God, boldness to preach. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. All across this place, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. 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 He's taking fear off of people right now. It's coming off of people. I can feel it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. He's taking fear. He's releasing courage and boldness to step in to what he's calling you to do right now. There's destiny. There's greatness in this place. There are giant killers here today. I feel the Lord saying that there are Gideons here that have been hiding, but God is going to set you on a platform. There are Esthers here this morning. There are Deborahs here this morning. There are Elijah's here this morning. There are Jonathan's here this morning. There are David's here this morning. So, Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing through this place. 
and I saw music. I saw a band that would arise, Jesse, that would be recording, and a sound that would come out of this place and while in worship. I saw an outdoor amphitheater. I don't even know this place, but there's an outdoor amphitheater around this place that would be full with the glory of God. I felt the Spirit of the Lord say that there is going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, open air, outdoor outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this place in the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to release a boldness and a courage in Jesus' holy name. I love you guys. I want to come back to Southern California because I feel that the Lord is moving powerfully in this place. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.